What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. We're concluding Faith Works on today. Let's read our foundation text in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. You can follow along right through our website, Church Online. The notes are right there. Also, the YouVersion Bible app. I'm not going to do a review today. I'm just going to read our foundation text and pick up where we left off at on last week. It says, in James chapter 2, verse 14, What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? Mm. So that also addresses the once saved, always saved issue. If we don't live according to what we believe, then how many you know faith by itself, just because I believe but I still live however I want to live, faith by itself cannot save that individual. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. I think James was from Missouri. He was like, show Anybody know what I mean by that statement? Show me. He was from the show me state said, I can show you better than I can tell you, right? says here in verse 20, but do, you, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. We'll tell you why today. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Our goal is to show the demonstration of a living faith in loving action. Number one was true and living faith will be accompanied by action. Number two, we looked at an example of dead faith. Number three, we looked at a living faith cannot be separated from works. Let's pick up with number four today. Abraham, an example of how living faith works. Let's go to James. Let's back up to verse 20 and let's read from there. James 2.20, let's start there. Abraham, an example of how living faith works. It says, but do you want to know, O foolish man? That word foolish there means empty or it means vain. So James is saying that a person uh, that has faith but no demonstrated corresponding action behind it is vain and empty. He says, but do you want to know, O foolish man? Do you want to know this? That faith without works is dead. The best way I can illustrate this today before I get into this further 
How many know this glove is dead all by itself? Has no life to it, right? It's a glove and it serves as a purpose, but its purpose is to, for a hand to go into it. So the glove by itself has no life. It's dead. It'll just stay there. If nobody ever touched it, that glove won't go anywhere. But how many know once I put my hand in it, how many know that glove comes alive? And it literally does what it was designed to do. See, this is faith without works. Right. So in other words, is it warming anything? It's not doing anything by itself. Is it protecting any skin? Not doing anything by itself. Is it even gripping anything? Not doing anything. It's not doing what it was designed. It's not fulfilling its purpose. That's right. Until, Until it comes alive. And then once your hand is in it, and it's working now the faith is working because of the work that's going on inside of it there you go now it's keeping my hand warm now it's, it's protecting, protecting your my skin hand, protecting my skin okay everybody clear so faith by itself won't do you anything do do any good unless there's corresponding action behind it let's keep reading verse 21 says was not abraham my father justified by works when he offered isaac his son on the altar. So notice it says he was justified by his works. Or in other words, his works confirmed that he believed God and he believed what God said about his situation. His works confirmed that, right? Let's keep reading here. I'll prove that in a moment. Verse uh, 22. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? Isn't that an interesting statement? So faith was working together with his works. So notice, if you don't give faith something to work with, it can't work. So in other words, you have to step out of your comfort zone to walk in faith. Is this, if it's familiar, guess what? It ain't faith. It's just behavior and personality. So when it's faith, you have to be willing to step out on the water so that God can meet you where you are to manifest the supernatural or whatever it is that you're believing in your life. Because remember, if you can do it, then you don't need faith. That's right. Typically, God's going to ask you to do something that you can't do for yourself. That's why faith is required, right? Let's keep reading here. Do you see then that faith was working together with his works and by works... Faith was made perfect or complete. So see, one without the other is incomplete. So if I just have faith, I'm incomplete. If I just have works and no faith, I mean, oh, I'm incomplete. But the two working together, I believe this is what God said, and now my actions demonstrate that by what I do. Let's keep reading here. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God. Notice that was first. So the first thing is to believe God and to trust what God said about you. Then watch this. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. That word accounted means credited to him. So the fact that he believed God, God credited that to him. Let me know nothing will manifest until he actually acts on what he believes. That's right. So the moment you believe God, God credits it. He, he almost puts it in your account. But he can't release it until you act on it. That's right. That's right. Let's keep reading. And the, and the word will bear me out on that. Scripture was fulfilled. It says Abraham believed God. That's the first thing. God credited to him for righteousness. 
And he was called the friend of God. Why? Because he believed God and he acted on what he believed. How I many you know God will say, that's my girl, that's my boy, that's my friend, right? When we trust him enough to actually do and act on what he said about us, right? That's how you become a friend of God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. You see in verse 24, you see then a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So he is declared righteous or innocent by what he does, not just simply what he or she believes. I mean, we've got a lot of people in church that believe for great things, but they don't do a whole lot. Mm, mm, mm. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Somebody say amen in here. I know a lot of people that, that, that believe the power of God is flowing out of them, but nobody can see it. I know a lot of people that can quote Scripture from Genesis to Revelations, but how I many know it's, it, quoting it is one thing, doing it is something completely different. And until those two are working together, we can't see manifestation in our lives. Let me keep going here. So letter A up underneath that. Was Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? What is the answer to that question? Yes. Abraham was justified by faith, watch this though, long before he offered Isaac on that altar. He was already justified by faith. What proved it was what he did. Mm -hmm. Stay with me now. It's a slight tweak, but it's major. All right? I'm believing God to get married. I want a godly man. But why am I dating someone ungodly in the interim? Sure is quiet in here, right? And we can run that thought through a whole lot. I'm believing God to bless me financially, but I don't tithe. I don't give. <laughs> when he blesses me, then I'll. That's not the way it works. Now, I'll stay right here if I'll get a little bit more excitement online and on this building. I've been amen. I won't get past this point if I'll get a little bit more amen energy juice. Online and in this building. Let's keep going now. Let's keep going. Stay with me. This is going to bless you real good. But his obedience in offering Isaac is what demonstrated that he really did trust God. So even though God made him righteous, his obedience is what confirmed that he was righteous. Oh, stay with me now. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15. Let's read verse 1 and then we'll read verses 4 through 6. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, and then we'll read verses 4 through 6. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, I'm your protection, and your exceeding great reward or your quickly increasing money supply. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now towards heaven and count the stars if you are not able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed, that word believe means that he trusted and, and, and he put a permanent, considerate, faithful trust in what God said in that moment or in the Lord and he accounted it or he forecast and accredited it to him for righteousness. Now, this is Genesis chapter 15. How many of you know uh, um, Abram 
or Abraham did not offer Isaac until Genesis chapter 22. So he was made righteous in Genesis chapter 15, but he didn't prove that he was until Genesis chapter 22. How I many you know I can say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus all day long, but if my actions don't support that, it's empty, it's vain. That's right. That's it's right. foolish, right? Everyone see that? Now, so to say that you're righteous, but then you're still walking in unforgiveness is oh, contrary. It's contrary. All to of To say that you're righteous, but you got attitude and you respond the way other people treat you is... All of that cancels your faith out. So, so to say you're righteous and you indulge in the foolery that might be happening at work... Yeah, all of that is a part of that. So by works, his faith was made perfect or complete. So notice God credited to him but it didn't manifest until he put Isaac on that altar. Mm. Now, I'm getting ready to challenge you all. Now, I won't go there and read it today, but let me read this statement that I wrote. Faith and works cooperated perfectly together in Abraham. Listen to this very carefully. If he had never believed God, he could have never done the good work of obedience when asked to offer Isaac. So notice a person has to first believe God before they can actually do what God asked them to do. Now, I'm going to challenge your theology today. We know that God does not test people to sin. But how many know God will test to see if you really believe what he said about you? That's right. That's right. And if you read Genesis chapter 22, at no point was God going to allow Isaac to offer up his son. He just wanted to see if Isaac was willing to. Isaac, you mean Abraham? Isaac, or Abraham was willing to. Thanks, babe. He just wanted to see if Abraham was willing to. I mean, long before Abraham got to the mountain, there was already a ram caught in the thicket. That's right. That's right. So notice provision was already present the moment Abraham decided to obey God. Soon as Abraham decided to obey God, God put the provision in place. But God still wanted to see, was Abraham willing? God will ask you for things that you absolutely love. Because he wants to give you something better. That's right. Somebody ought to shout amen in this place. Remember, if it doesn't cost you anything, you usually don't treat it right. Mm. Mm. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. If there's no sacrifice, if there's nothing I have to put on the altar, if it doesn't cost me something, if there's no effort behind it, I mean, no, the greater the effort, typically the greater the reward. But most of us want big results with little effort. That's right. That's right. You know what, this, real quick, this reminds me of a story quite some time ago. There's somebody that was believing God to pay off their house. And they just thought that there was going to be a check or there was going to be a sudden cancellation of debt. And I was counseling them contrary. Why don't you try, try tithing first? And they started tithing, right? And they were like, oh, praise God. I'm finding out that I have a little bit more in my savings. I was able to pay. And so then I encouraged them to go ahead and, and add $100 onto their uh, principal, pay that off every month. And, I mean, they just went bananas. What? Add $100. I thought tithing was going to be enough. I said, tithing is just a matter of obedience, but you're believing God for the supernatural. So it's going to require you to step into some supernatural. And so it took them a couple of years to finally say, okay, 
I'm going to go ahead and start uh, paying a little bit more while I'm believing God to have my house supernaturally paid off. And they just thought that someone was going to call them and say, someone done paid off your debt. <laughs> but what ended up happening is this couple, um, unfortunately, had a broken relationship with their father. And, um, and, and though the father was trying to reconcile, they just wouldn't reconcile. They forgave him, they said, but I'm not going to reconcile. This is for somebody out there. And so the father's passing away now. I'm getting emotional. And the father wanted to see this child. And this person who's grown to have their own children and looking at their own children realized, I would never want my children to treat me this way. So they forgave the father and went to go see him on his dying days. A few months later, the father passed away. What does this have to do with paying off debt, paying off their house? What they didn't know, and after they went to go see the father, they checked up on him regularly and, um, and did what they could. This is years and years ago. What they didn't know that their father was a very wealthy man and made them the beneficiary of their insurance. And the miracle is this, that the amount of money that was left to them was the exact amount, just about the exact amount that it took for them to pay that house off. And in that moment, they realized that the faithfulness of God doesn't come in my merit. The faithfulness of God comes in my obedience. So and the obedience was twofold. Me stepping out of my comfort zone and paying off the debt and doing my part, but also forgiving. Yeah, so good, so good. Fit so well. So again, you can see in that illustration and in Abraham's illustration, you can see that his faith was shown to be true. Listen to this. It was complete. It was made perfect by his obedient works. See, folks, we've fallen so short. We've fallen at the place of confession. And we all, we confess till we can't confess no more. And how many know confess one time? but believe every day through how you live towards yes, what yes. you're confessing. I'm going to go ahead because I want you to get to Rahab. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Letter C says, is a man justified by works or by faith only? Which one would you all say? Is a man justified by works or by faith only? Both. Excellent answer. Good. You all get a, a, a lollipop when you leave today. If you answered that correctly online, you get one as well. By faith, you'll By get faith, a right. Yeah. We ain't got no lollipop. We ain't got no lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> but God does. <laughs> Watch this now. Powerful statements here. The faith only that will not justify a man is a faith that is without works. It is a dead faith. Listen to this. But true faith, living faith, is shown to be true by good works, which will alone justify. I love this statement by Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon said, the grace that does, that does not change my life will not save my soul. Mm. I don't want a grace that allows me to live any kind of way I want to. Hello, somebody. Mm. And think God has that covered, right? And I can just live however I want to live. So the challenge over the years with, with faith being taught without grace, if you just teach faith by itself, then how many know then it's all about you? Your faith becomes, you put all your faith in your faith. 
what I did, right? And, and that's what, how you communicate that to people, which for years, that's the only way I learned it, so that's the way I did it. And I'm not knocking that. I thank God for that. How many of you know Re- Revelation is progressive, so we go from glory to glory and from faith to faith. But when you teach faith alone, then people are rules-driven, works-driven, and they're relying upon their own selves to get something done. If you teach grace by itself, people will think, I don't have to do anything. God already did it all for me. Can you see how the two have to be perfectly married together in order to manifest what God has already given you? That's right. That's right. So the next one, number five. Now, we go from Abraham, the father of faith, until now we end up at this woman named Rahab. And Rahab is an example of how living faith works, raw and undulterated. James chapter 2, verses 25 through 26, and I'm going to read from the message. I love the way the message puts it. It says, the same with Rahab, the Jericho harlot. Mm. It said that she was the Jericho harlot. Not only was she just a harlot, or the, the passion says that she was the prostitute. Of a whole city. Of a whole city. Wasn't her action in hiding God's spies and helping them escape that seamless unity of believing and doing what counted with God? The very moment you separate body and spirit, you end up with a corpse. Separate faith and works, you, you get the same thing, a corpse. Now understand this, part A of this here point right here, is, is, is the questions that I'm going to ask you comes with a very deliberate answer according to the scriptures and the word of God. He says, was, the question is, was Rahab the harlot justified by her works? Was she justified by her works? Yes. She was, right? Just as we just got through discussing Abraham with his sacrifice or willingness to sacrifice Isaac, Rahab was justified by her works. So you understand that she was she was. Uh, 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 this is before Jesus. <laughs> she is not considered a, a Hebrew of Hebrews. She was not among the children of Israel. Now, mind you, this is over in Joshua chapter 2. And what's going on right here is that Joshua and the, and the children of uh, Israel have just come out of the wilderness. Forty years, mind you. Forty years they just came out of Israel. They've already had a few wars, and now they're about to invade the city because that was the instructions that God gave Joshua. And, the, and Joshua sends out two spies, and, and she takes in the two spies and hides them and protects them. And, and when they come out and, and she tells them what's going on, not only does she hide and protect them, but she downloads some top-secret information. But in that, she makes a confession. She's like, we heard about what your God did at the Red Sea. We heard about Pharaoh and his chariots being killed when, when they, after he protected you. We heard about you all wandering in the, in the wilderness for 40 years. We heard about how you defeated the kings of Amorites. So therefore, our hearts have melted. And for that reason, I say that the God of Israel is God and he alone is, is God. And so without her even knowing the fullness of the law, she says and I, she, she confesses that I have received him. Yeah. And I declare, as for me and my house, he is God. Now, mind you, if you still, because it says Rahab the harlot. If you're still an active, if she's still an active harlot, not you, she. (laughs) If she's still an active harlot, you'd have to believe that she's not 50, 60 years old. Would you think that? They would say the ex-harlot. Wouldn't you think that? Maybe. Maybe. 
Maybe. Say, ain't no fool like an old <laughs> Well, because it's, it's talking about how she hid her father and her mother and her siblings and her family, I have to believe that she was relatively younger, perhaps younger than 40 years old, which means she didn't hear about this as an active situation. This was passed down to her. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She didn't hear this because, oh, you hear about what's going on? No, this was passed down to her. It goes on to talk about how she may have demonstrated her, her faith in God of Israel by hiding these spies, as I was just talking about, and seeking salvation from their God. Now, her faith was shown to be living faith because she did something, and, and in her doing, her belief was demonstrated. It's one thing to have a fear that these people coming to get us, oh, Lord, and you start hiding and start digging trenches and have safety caves. But in, no, in her situation, she says, no, I'm going to put me and my family at risk I'm going to alliance myself with these spies. I'm going to give them the information they need because in my belief and what I've heard, they're going to win anyway. And not only that, I'm going to take it a step further and receive their God as my God. While she's still a prostitute, while she's still wrong, while she's still dirty, while she's still unclaimed, while she's still in her mess, she operated in faith. Mm -hmm. I don't care where you are in your life. I don't care what you're doing right now, what you did last night, what you did yesterday month, yesteryear. You can still operate and engage the power of the living God just by believing and choosing to obey. It, obey means zipping up your pants and tightening your belt tight, yeah. saying bye-bye boy to whoever it is, bye-bye girl to whoever it is. It may mean you now taking a step of faith by doing something that's uncomfortable to you. Yeah. But God will meet you right where you are right. because in this situation when Rahab hid the spies, when she turned around and said, here's the information you need, you have this city, it's yours for the taking, she was then able to walk in favor. Yeah. She was able then to activate grace. Yeah. She was able then to activate mercy. Yeah. She was able then to activate safety, not only for her, but her entire household. Yeah. She yeah. was able then to activate redemption. She news. was able then to activate fulfilled desire. Yeah. Why? Because this woman became a lineage of Jesus himself. Yeah, that's good news. God used a raggedy old prostitute of an entire city to say, hey, that's part of my lineage. Yeah. And from that, she, was, she became legacy. Yeah. In the Faith Hall of Fame. In the Faith Hall of Fame. And I believe Scripture still called her the harlot just to remind you. Just to remind you, don't you tell, don't you, don't let anybody tell you what God can and cannot do with you. That's such good news. Next question. So why does God use these two examples of living faith in Abraham, the father of the Jews, and Rahab, a raggedy prostitute? Gentile. A Gentile. Forecasting. Now you got to understand, James... Peter, Timothy, we know them in the New Testament, but they were pastors. They are pastors of the new church. And when you're trying to do something new, you got to deal and address what? The old stuff. And so you have this here uh, old thinking, this religious thinking that says God can only use and show up in strength to his chosen ones, the ones that can 
quote all the law, the one that holds true the tra to the tradition. That's that faith that's in error based off of what they do. Mm -hmm. But perhaps James is subtly rebuking the partiality of the church by developing and establishing that what God does is not your decision or your ability to move. Understand that God came specifically not only to redeem the lost Jews, but also to redeem the Gentiles. That's right. This welcomes the fact that God's goodness and salvation power is available to all that operate in faith-filled deeds and responds to his grace and accesses his favor. Yeah. So therefore, he's addressing pretension and religion. Yeah. He says, Abraham, in whom you want to dedicate, live for, and you say, we are the children of Abraham. We are Abraham's seed. But now you have, in order to get to Abraham to where you are, baby boy, where you to, for, in order for you to get from Abraham to where you are, baby girl, you had to go through Rahab. You had to go through Rahab, New Testament church, and Stadidi and all your deeds, thinking you know everything. You ain't no more a child of Abraham than you are a child of Rahab. And guess what? You are a child of both. So therefore, the lessons of Abraham is clear. If we believe in God, we will do what he tells us to do. Nothing more, nothing less. The lessons from Rahab is also clear. If we believe in God, we will help his people, even at our own expense. God intently put together these two different and contrasting individuals, so different in their character, so different in the way they behaved, so different in what they knew, in order to more clearly show that no one, not anyone, not a nation, not a culture, not a race, no one, regardless of their condition, their uh, occupation even, can be counted righteous without confirming works. So Amen. Good. Amen. So it's okay. It's good to believe, but your believing isn't demonstrated until you're doing. Yeah. So then the last question. So a good way to say that is he made us righteous but we don't confirm that we're righteous until we do something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, C, last question. Why does God use such a powerful contrast? This powerful contrast of Abraham and Rahab is sort of synonymous with the contrast that people often put on faith and works. Because he ends it by saying, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So as much as you have a body with no life being a corpse, you can't have faith with no life, i.e. works, lest it be a corpse as well. Therefore, no deeds are forthcoming. It is proof that the professed faith is dead. Notice that James does not deny that faith, that it is faith. He simply indicates that it is not the right kind of faith. It is not living faith if there's no works attached to it. I wrote in here, merit-based faith. In other words, I do so God responds. is backwards. In fact, it's worldly thinking. It's okay. If you thought like that, it's okay because we've been conditioned to think like that. Right. We work, then get paid. That's right. Right? 
We work, then get paid. You do that 40, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. We work, then get paid. We do, you know, we, we're coming upon the Christmas season. We've been conditioned as children. You do good, you get good gifts. But see, that's why God says come out of worldly thinking. Right. He says, I've, I've already done good. You just got to be in a place where you can get it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So he works, we respond. He works, we respond. That's so good. Somebody type that in online. He works, I respond. And type our, that in online. Type it in in the room. He works, I respond. And our response is his obedience. Yes. Is obeying him. Yeah. Somebody else type in or just say it. I can show you better than I can tell you. Say, stop talking about it. And be about it. Be about it. Nobody want to hear what you have to say anymore anyway. God is good. Show me. Just like Nike. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Now, faith in action. Let's close right here. Faith in action. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, and let's read verses 1 through 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Won't take me long to get through this because you already know it, but I want you to listen with, with the direction that the Spirit has been ministering this message in. It says, now faith is. Mm. I mean, you know, it's not faith if it's not right now. Right? Now, faith, faith is always in the zone of right now. Now, faith is the substance. All right? So, now we have to think about faith is that Greek word pistis, which means total trust and reliance upon God. Right? Another way to look at that is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of, word God. of God. Right? There cannot be any faith where the will of God is not known. That's right. So if I don't know what the Word of God says, how many of y'all know I'm probably not in faith about what I'm believing God for? So another way to look at that is to say, now the Word of God is the substance. That word substance means support, foundation. It is the confidence, right? Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when we're talking about faith, we're talking about the Word, we're talking about God. Right? And so now faith is the substance, or now the Word of God is the substance, the support, the foundation, the confidence of things hoped for. Hope for is whatever I'm expecting God to do for me in the future. I mean, you know, I'm believing now, but I'm waiting on it to manifest in my future. Right? And so now the Word of God, or faith is the substance, is the support, foundation, or confidence of things hoped for, the things that I expect in my future. Watch this. For it is the evidence, the Word of God is the evidence or the proof or the conviction of things not seen. So a lot of times we're believing God for something, but we don't have any word that we're standing on to justify what we're believing Him to do in our lives. Right? So we're saying, I want to do this or I'm believing for this. Show me what verse you're standing on for that. Show me what God said about that in your life. Right? To demonstrate that you actually know what he said and you believe that. Best way I can illustrate this real quick is, you know, my son loves video games. And we ordered a Game Boy or something for him several years ago. He's probably 10 years old. And we got home too late and there was a uh, little poster from the post office on the door that the package was at the post office. But in my son's mind, I mean, you know, somebody stole that package. That package was gone. 
And so he would not rest well until we literally drove to the I said, son, they will re-deliver it tomorrow. No, dad, we've got to go to the post office. If it's at the post office, let's go to the, all right, son, let's go to the post office. Now, when we get to the post office, the, the guy at the desk says to me, where is your manifest? Where is your manifest? And the manifest was the confirmation that we were the ones that the package belonged to. The moment I handed the guy the manifest, he went back there and got the package, gave it to us. I gave it to my son. And I mean, oh, my son was rejoicing and shouting, and man, he was so happy. But how I many know it all? It was always there. We just simply needed the manifest, which is the word of God in order to receive the package that had already been delivered. Some of you all will get this on next week. I pray that you get it right now. But folks, the Word of God is your manifest. How many packages have you left at the post office? How many packages have not been delivered to your house because you don't have the manifest? Find out what God's Word said about your situation and how many know God will deliver packages to your house every single day of the week if you right. know what he said about right. what it is that you're believing God That's for. Right. Let's keep reading here. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand. I'll prove it further in verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the what? The Word of God. If you're going to frame your world, you must do it by the Word of God, right? The worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So everything that we see was made by something that you can't see. Folks, when you find out what God said about yourself, the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm. And when you speak words of faith out of your mouth, how I many know oh, heaven has enough authority to back that up, especially when you act on what it is that you believe to bring to pass that word in your life? You can frame your world by the word of God. Why don't you make it a masterpiece? Why don't you make it a Picasso? Why don't you make it the best picture this world has ever seen? Right, and it's within right. your capacity to do that. If you'll be diligent, I'll prove it to you to find out what God said about your situation. Verse 4, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. What uh, gave him confirmation that he was righteous was the fact that he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. God didn't love him more than he loved Cain. His obedience was greater than Cain. God loves all of his children, but we don't all obey him the same. Right? That's all that word is, is reminding us there. Verse 5 says here, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony yes. that he pleased God. Yes. That should be your goal every single yes. day of your life, that your life pleases God. That's you right. should say that about yourself. Get up every single day and say, my life pleases God. God is pleased with my life. You should do it every single day and make it a goal every single day that you have the testimony that your life pleased God. But without faith, watch this, it is impossible to please him. So without the word of God, it is impossible to please him. Without total trust and reliance, 
it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. See, God isn't taking anything away from you. God is rewarding you. Don't let Satan and anybody else lie to you that when you lose stuff, things are taken from you, God is trying to teach you something. God does not teach you anything by taking stuff away from you. He teaches you through the Word of God. Somebody ought to say amen to that in here, right? God is a rewarder. He doesn't take stuff away from you, but watch this. He's not rewarding everybody. That's right. He's not rewarding everyone. Right. Just because you get saved does not automatically mean you get rewarded. There's a certain type of person that gets rewarded, and that is the person of those who diligently seek. That word seek means to search out, to investigate, to crave. I want to get married. What does God's word say about what I should be in this marriage? Let me search this out, seek this out, investigate, and then become that. Let me work on my domestic cleaning, cooking, education. Let me be everything that I want him to be. Let me be exactly what I'm believing God for. Let me be everything that God desires for me to be. Watch this. That is the person that God rewards. But watch this now. It is the one that diligently seeks a new car. The one that diligently seeks a new house. The one that diligently seeks more money. No, the one that diligently seeks him. See, when you stop seeking stuff and start seeking him, the stuff will start seeking you. Oh, you missed a good place to say amen. Some of us spend more time seeking stuff than we do God. And all God is saying, be diligent about seeking me, and I'll make sure that I'm diligent about making sure the stuff is seeking you. And the heart of God is that he's not so caught up in, you know, our obedience in ourselves. What he measures is our obedience in how we treat other people. Mm. You can't treat a stranger better than you treat your spouse. You can't treat uh, other people better than you treat your children. So God is more concerned about our faith in how we treat people because it's in how we treat people that we uh, exercise temperance, that we hold our tongue. I'm not going to park there, but I just thought I'd say that. Amen. Now, understand this, that everyone that's in the Faith Hall of Fame had to do something to get in it. I want you all to mark these people, because these people did something and demonstrated their faith in what they did. By faith, Noah acted, he preached, he believed, he built, he moved. By faith, Abraham listened and obeyed. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive and bore a child past her age because she judged him righteous who had promised. By faith, again, Abraham when he was tested, offered up Isaac. By faith, Moses was hidden as a baby so that he could redeem God's chosen people. By faith, uh, they were able to pass through the Red Sea. By faith, they successfully, they didn't want to, but they successfully wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. By faith, Jericho fell down after they incapacitated for, for, uh, for seven days. By faith, John and Paul, who remained faithful through imprisonment, torture, and banishment, continued so that we could have what we know as the gospel today. By faith, the woman Lydia opened up the first church against all odds. By faith, we have even in today's day, 
day. Understand that by faith, the Lawandas, the Chrises, and the Cynthias defeated cancer. By faith, the Ambers decided to still be a nurse in the face of COVID. By faith, others, well, even in their death, defeated the devil and sickness and disease even on the other side of heaven. By faith, we had the Janais and the Candices and the Brandies who overcame homelessness with babies to, to, and believe God that I'd rather stand and trust in God than to, than to be in a house of abuse and oppression with the spouse that did not love God or themselves. By faith, we have the Sonyas and the Anthony's and the Shermans and whoever else that dared to open up businesses, that dared just to have jobs despite the, uh, the looming threats of the unemployment. I need a little bit more excitement up in here. You have to declare within your own self that, hey, there are demonstrations of faith where I had to step out on the water and believe God. You know what's and good, babe? You know what's good, babe? What makes a hall of fame a hall of fame is because people are still being placed into. That's right. I mean, I know it didn't stop in Hebrews chapter 11. That's right. What she's trying to get you all to understand is people are still being put in the hall of fame. Today. And I want to challenge somebody today to write your own story right now. Put your name in there and say, by faith, Adriana did what? By faith, Russell did what? By faith, Ray did what? By faith, put your name in there. Type it in online. Say by faith, put your name in there and tell us what's going to put you in the Hall of Fame. Tell us before it happens. Put yourself in there by faith because you know you're going to walk out what it is that you're going to write out. Somebody ought to shout amen to that in here. Stop sitting around like a bump on a law. Faith can take you places you've always wanted to go. It can fulfill dreams that you've always wanted to see fulfilled but you have to do something write your name in there do it by faith say by faith Joel built the entire city of Powder Springs by faith Joel and linked up church brought all the land mass in the city of Powder Springs and built a city that nobody can go to hell through there. You can go to hell, but you won't be able to get there through Powder Springs. Somebody ought to give God glory for that. Think big, dream big. Let your faith take you places that you've always dreamed about. Don't be afraid to trust God for the impossible. With man, things are impossible, but with God, all, all things, things are, are possible. possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Babe, I have something you, prophetic. You, you, what, see, people don't realize is that you've been the benefactor of faith, though, especially those that are online right now. Because, see, you got to understand that by faith, we had a media team. We had a volunteer team that served without pay. Continue to press on in the midst of this COVID situation. Face masks and everything. By faith, they still serve, not realizing that, not, I don't even think they realize the impact that has had on thousands, thousands of people. Hallelujah. And God accounts that to them as righteousness. Yeah. And let's pray for them right now. May the Lord reward them immensely for every hour, every minute, and every second. Yes. May you supernaturally repay them in Jesus' name. In Jesus somebody name. thank God for that right now. I said somebody thank God for that right now. Watch this, babe. Follow this. Now, I have something in my spirit today. I usually, I don't play with this unless God really leads me this way. I don't try to manufacture stuff. 
Last night, the Spirit of God came on me so strongly while preparing this message. He told me to release two prophetic words in here. And it's just like any other word in the Bible. It's written to the children of Israel, and they were in captivity because of their disobedience. But God loved them so much, he still made provision for them while in captivity. I mean, you know, any word spoken back then is still for us today. Even if we are not under the same conditions. Now, if you're able to receive this, stand to your feet. If you're watching online, stand to your feet. I want to speak this over your life prophetically. Prophecy is speaking forth the mind and counsel of God. Prophecy is equal to the word of God. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12. And the Lord wants me to share with some people in here. You have experienced or who are watching online, you've experienced a lot of trouble this year. You've even experienced some loss. This has been a tough year for a lot of people. But folks, I've got good news for you. It's been tough in the natural, but it's getting ready to get real. I mean, it's getting ready to be. The end result of this is getting ready to blow your mind. And this is the word of the Lord unto you. It says, come back to the place of safety. This is Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12, New Living Translation. Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. Listen to this. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. So God is saying for every one of your troubles, he's going to give you double for that trouble. Somebody ought to receive that online. Somebody ought to receive that in this place. If that is the word of the Lord for you, say for every one trouble, two blessings. Say it like you mean it. Say for every one trouble, two blessings. Say it this way. Say double for my trouble. That's for you today. Thank God for that right now. Listen the way the Message Bible says that. Come home, hope-filled prisoners. This very day, I'm declaring a double bonus. Everything you lost returned twice over. Come on, somebody ought to get in line for that right there. If you've lost something, that is a word of the Lord unto you, is that it will be returned twice over. The other word that God gave me was Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7, the Amplified. It says, instead of your former shame, you will have a double portion. And instead of humiliation, your people will shout for joy over yes. their promotion. Yes. So if you've experienced shame this year, if you've experienced humiliation this year, you are getting ready to shout for joy for what God is getting ready to bring into your life. And I'm going to give you in a moment an opportunity to act on that, to shout for joy and give God glory and praise for the double portion that you believe is coming into your life. It says, therefore, in their land, in their land, they will possess double. What they had forfeited, everlasting joy will be those. 
So anything that you've lost because of this pandemic, anything, any area that you've had to forfeit something, anything that has caused a setback in your life, I want you to rejoice and shout for God because you are getting ready to receive yes. a double portion returned yes. back unto Hallelujah. you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give God glory for that. Come on, give me something that fits right there. Give me something that fits right there. Hallelujah. Receive that in this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is here. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, if you receive that, say it with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, you gotta put a dance in your spirit. Lift up your cry. Yeah, I'm free. 
And we're going to pray for some people right now. And before we do that, just I don't want them to lose that. Don't lose this. Type it in. We're getting ready to make the devil real mad. Double for your trouble. One, trouble. Two, blessings. Yes. Type it in. Come on, I want to flood the airways for every one trouble, two blessings. If it's easier for you, just type in double for my trouble. That's right. One trouble, two blessings. Let me make sure you have the text for that. Zechariah 9:12, New Living Testament, Isaiah 61:7, Amplified. Yes, amen. And in the Faith Hall of Fame, it's concluded by saying, "What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth, David, Samuel, the prophets, and so many more people. Write your own story. Write your story. Write your story. And I thank God that we, you know, Spirit of God was leading Pastor Gregory in that direction. Because the top of that song that we just got through jumping around about, and perhaps this is you, right now as hearts are being examined, as people are in that posture of prayer, yeah. the top of that song says, I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? If you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you've been living under a blanket of shame and guilt, the reason why it's so hard is because you were never built to carry that kind of weight, especially when Jesus took it all on the cross. It goes on to say that I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures, I tried to hide. There's not a closet big enough for you to hide your sin. But there's a master great enough that can wash it all away. So perhaps you, know, you knew Jesus at one time, but you're that person, dead faith. You believe, but you haven't done the works. You haven't lived like you believe. Some people call it being backslidden. We simply call it being out of fellowship. Maybe it's someone that is here, someone that's online, that's been living in guilt and shame, that's been trying to hide their sin and their, their wrongs. Listen, the wait is over. 
I'm here to offer you a great Savior. Yeah. I'm here to offer you a lifetime opportunity. I'm here to offer you blessings guaranteed. And it all comes in the bundle called Jesus. 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 So if you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or perhaps you know you abandoned the faith by living every kind of way but his way, let's take on the bundle called Jesus. Yeah. So right now, as everyone is in a posture of prayer, if that's you right now, listen, let's, bring, let's, let's be a participant, an intentional, an, an, an intentional participant in this prayer. If you would lift your hand up to the Lord Jesus Christ from whom our salvation comes and make this, say this prayer and this declaration repeating after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe, I believe that one Savior, that one Savior, one Master, one Master, one God, one God died for my sins. Died for my sins. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of and God. And not only did He die for my sins, but He rose again. Sins, but He rose again. So therefore, Jesus. So therefore, Jesus. Come into my life. Come into my life. I receive you now. I receive you now. As master. As master. That is supreme in authority. Supreme in authority. My obedience. My obedience. And my commitment. And my commitment. Is to live for you. Is to live for you. And I receive you. And I receive you. As savior. As savior. The author and finisher of my life. The author, author and finisher of my life. And because of what I believe in my heart. Because of what I believe in my heart. And what I've confessed with my mouth. What I confess with my mouth. I am right now. I am right now. This day, this moment. This day, this moment. Born again. Born again. And I'm glad about it. And I'm glad about in it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. You are now free from the guilt and shame. Yes. And you don't have to hide your sin because he's washed it away. All you got to do now is just live like you believe it. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you prayed it from the, out of sincerity, I would want you online to text Get Connected to 94090. Again, text get connected to 94090. Perhaps you prayed this prayer here in the sanctuary. You just for the first time became born again. I didn't say been going to church, but you just became born again. Or you know you've been living life contrary to the will of God and you just rededicated your life. If you're bold enough, would you please raise your hand high up in the air letting us know that you just prayed that prayer for the first time sincerely in your heart. Is that anybody here? who's recommitted their lives, who's just became born again for the first time. Is that anybody here in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Nobody here? Well, praise God, we're amongst a family that's saved. But if you're online, listen, don't miss this opportunity. We have a gift for you. And even if you, you know, you got in on that prayer or you, you know you, you need to get some things straight, you can still fill out the card to get connected card. But for those of you online, fill out that information. We have a gift that we would love to send you. Listen, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Amen. And you need to know what you need to do going forward. So we would like to get some information in your hands, a gift in your hand. So please let us know that you just prayed that prayer sincerely for the very first time.
Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right, and you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.